Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Barnhart, along with author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg. We're here to encourage you wherever you are on your healing journey. In each episode, we will chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you found us. Let us help you find your joy in life. All right. Well, welcome out there, podcast world, to another incredible episode of Grief and Rebirth. My favorite, um, what should we call her, fabulous co-host Irene Weinberg is with me again. Hi, Irene. Hi. You have all the... Perfect adjective for me. <laughs> I was trying to think, like, I, you know, when I talk about Max, I always call him my favorite son because he's my only son, and I was trying to think of how to say my favorite co-host, <laughs> you know? Your favorite co-host. I better be your favorite co-host. Right? <laughs> so, well, uh, <laughs> we have a really big treat for everybody today. Uh, I have, to full disclosure, I know Stacy Wells. I've worked with her myself. She is and she'll be, she's very modest and she's very humble, but I'm going to say she's amazing. She's very gifted, yes, very I'm, talented. I'm ex- very excited to talk with her tonight because I've heard so many incredible things about her. And you know that, um, like, the mediums and the whole spirituality thing is, like, my favorite part to kind of dive into it here because I'm so curious about how this world works and how things have really been kind of playing out to me. Um and I don't know if we've really kind of even talked about that privately. Maybe we should have our own podcast about our stories again, Irene, and just all the things that have been kind of happening to us, you know, on our spiritual journey, even though, because I mean, it's kind of cool to hear how all these things are starting to open up when you become just more receptive to it. So, um, yeah, that's true. Let well, me tell, tell me a little bit about Stacy a little bit. Yeah. So, okay. So Stacy is the premier soul plan psychic prominently featured in the groundbreaking books by Robert Schwartz called Your Soul's Plan. And his second book is called Your Soul's Gift. And the third book is in the works. She specializes. Now, I know this is Greek, you know, like they say, quote, close, quote, Greek to everyone, but she's going to explain it. She specializes in pre-birth planning, medical intuitive readings, general readings, transformative energy work, numerology, and spiritual hypnotherapy. Could you have a few? Come on, Stacy. Isn't there anything? Have you left a stone unturned? Hi, um, Stacey. <laughs> Hi, Stacey. Hi, Stephanie and Irene. Irene, I have simply flowed my passion throughout my life. That's what led me into all of that. That's amazing. Let's start, let's start, Stacey, if you wouldn't mind, explain to our listeners what is pre-birth planning and, and especially that and medical intuitive readings and your transformative energy work that helps people to heal their emotional wounds because that's mostly what you're geared towards, isn't it? Well, and yes, yeah. because I'm just going to say really quickly because I feel like as, you know, Irene can vouch for this. The whole medical thing is what terrifies me because I've always told her the last thing I want to hear is someone saying, like, you're going to die tomorrow. <laughs> so, like, I feel like I know there's some listeners out there that are like, oh, my God, I don't know if I can do this because we're so scared of the bad news. So, yes, please, please help us understand how this kind of works and the positivity behind it. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I think it's... Um... I don't, I, I, I don't like to hear when a psychic says something like you're going to die tomorrow or a psychic predicts death because most of the time it's very difficult 
to do that. And um, it's really the decision of the soul. And sometimes we don't know what that, that decision is going to be. Let me talk about pre-birth planning for a little bit. Let me back up a little bit. The, the pre-birth planning readings that I do, as Irene was talking about a moment ago, and these are the readings that were really developed while working with author Rob Schwartz for his first book, Your Soul's Plan. And in these readings, Robert would have me listen in and um, get whatever information. And for me, that was visual and auditory and, and feeling, energy sort of feeling. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the uh, session that we come to as souls to plan our lives. We don't plan it down to every detail, but we do tend to plan in significant events Even the significantly challenging moments in our lives, we will sometimes plan in because we seem to learn best through adversity and pain. And for some of us, the more we can heal ourselves from adversity and pain, the better our ability to help others. So I think a lot of us come in wounded. And a lot of us are struggling with um, somebody I was reading today has the same struggle so many people have. I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. It's about self-esteem, self-worth, self-confidence, self-expression. And it requires this karmic lesson uh, I'm talking about, requires us to really build our own self-esteem, our own self-worth, self-confidence. And so we'll oftentimes plan to be born into a family where one or more of those family members are less than fully nurturing and fully supportive of us in that sort of emotional build us up kind of way, giving us an opportunity then to step in and fill the void, direct our focus at ourself instead of at that parent who never fulfills us, and start layering our own emotional house, start clearing out the clutter, the debris of our own emotionality, become healthier, clearer, cleaner, wiser, wind up living our life in a more satisfying way, and ultimately taking those steps that enable us to live our life at our highest capacity. Now, Stacey, let me ask you a question. If if somebody has all kinds of junk going on, all kinds of tough stuff going on in their lives, and you're saying they might have set this up before they came into this lifetime to learn lessons, and they opt not to learn them. That's a choice they make, right? And they will have to come back. Do they have to keep coming back until that lesson is learned? How does that work? That, you're absolutely right. That is a choice that they have the freedom of choice to make. And sometimes they plan their lives with the best of intentions to make that learning step, but then they get into the life and in the physical body and caught up in the same old habits, the same old sensations, and they can't make that learning step. Yes, they do come back. They go through a period of time on the other side after they pass where they talk about it, and a healing occurs on the other side. But then to make that healing real and to really bring it into the energy of the soul, we will then incarnate. And we test ourselves, we challenge ourselves, but if we can make that healing growth step during the life that we live, and sometimes that growth step is about letting go of anger and rising to a level of higher compassionate awareness, whether it's... Well, why do you like this? 
Go ahead, Steph. I know your question. How do you? Yeah, because I'm just like, well, how do you really know? You know what I mean? Like, because I feel like you know, a lot of us. I'll speak for myself. You know, like I mean, I feel like we're always going through so many things, and it's just like so trudging sometimes. Like, but then I think, well, you know, it's first world problems, right? Like, it could be so much worse. So, like, I sometimes think, like, well, for me, it's hard, but it's really not. And like. But how do you, how do you, like, okay, you know what I mean? If I had already planned to go through a lot of these things in my life, but how do I know or how can you help yourself be more aware of, like, what the lesson is you should be learning and what you should be getting out of it? And how do you know if you're not, you know what I mean? Like, I think if we would know not that we don't want to come back and have to do it again, like, how can we kind of help ourselves to make sure that we're actually fulfilling what we wanted ourselves to do here? For example, if one of your lessons is about learning to love yourself unconditionally, you will plan a life where a lot of people don't seem to really get you and they don't love you and love doesn't last long when you do find it. When you come to realize that that's what it's about, the frustration that you have over all those other relationships that never seem to work changes. And you begin to understand how those relationships actually supported you. And when you can lose your attachment to the anger and to the they shoulda, but they didn't, it, it frees us. It frees us to rise above. And if you know that your challenge is about loving yourself, then you talk to yourself differently. You talk to yourself differently. When your self-talk starts changing, then you can start changing. If you know that it's your karma to become more emotionally sensible <laughs> and adaptive, then you're not going to give in to the habit you might have of jutting your jaw out and being very stubborn and insisting that somebody else do what you want them to do instead of rising to the challenge and doing it yourself. If you know that the challenge is really to love yourself, then you're going to be more likely to step into that and you're going to be more likely to, through compassion, stop holding, let's say, your parent who never loved you accountable for your unhappiness and you're going to become much more empowered to start creating your own happiness and healing through loving yourself does that help explain that stuff yeah i mean i guess it's just that i you know i guess we could is it you is it like that we would call to help figure that out you know i mean that's for the most part yes until you really become i think aware of what what, your lessons are and aware of yourself enough to put two and two together, it's very helpful to have somebody like me point these things out to you. So in other words, if your life is becoming a disaster and you call someone like you, Stacey, you can help the person get a lot of (laughs) comfort by saying, listen, this and this and this is happening. This is what happened when you were playing this life. This, whoever this person is in your life, came so that you'd have a problem with them and learn a lesson. And that mm-hmm. kind of gives you a comfort and a different frame of reference than feeling like a victim to everything that's going on in your life. <laughs> well said. That's so right? true. Yes, exactly. It empowers the individual. The individual who was suffering before and wondering what's wrong with me now has a clear understanding that the problem doesn't lie with them. The problem is really with something else entirely and it takes any sense of false blame off of them and they're free to rise to a higher level of growth within themselves as they free themselves from that burden. That's amazing. That's that's so true. Since we have a short amount of time, could you also touch, uh, could you also touch Stacy on the medical intuitive part 
that um, Stephanie was raising about, are you able to see through an auric field if a, if a person has disease in their body and you're able to tell them what to do about it? How does that work? Well, it's an ability that uh, happened, that just occurred spontaneously. I've always been interested in healing since I was a small child. At some point in my childhood, I became aware that there were a team of three spirit guides that were different from my main spirit guide that worked with me for healing. And sometimes when one of our animals sick, they would tell me to go to the kitchen and mix a few things together and uh, like apply it to the animal's skin. Hmm. And uh, which was always funny because my mother would ask me, "What are you doing?" And I'd tell her, "Well, my." Your guides just told me to mix this and put it on the cat's skin, and she would just shake her head and say nothing more and let me go on my way. But pretty soon, all the sick animals wound up in my room. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was 15, uh, I, I suddenly developed the ability to see into bodies. I was going through a healing experience where I had 15 people laying hands on me and doing Reiki. And, and when they were done, I noticed that I was seeing into bodies and I was seeing chakras. Ever since then, I've had the ability to see into bodies and even to do it at a distance over the phone in the readings that I do. It's not something that I walk around consciously doing. I don't walk around, look at people, shake their hands and see into their bodies. It's something that I have to focus on doing. Uh, Do I do a scan of people and instantly know what's going on in their body? Not exactly. It works it, it, I, I am definitely attuned to where there is pain or illness or injury. Um, and in my ministerial class, I was the only one who um, had any accuracy, and I was always 100% accurate on that part. So I, I seem to tune in on it very well. But I actually, it's like putting a piece of my consciousness inside someone's body. And I often find that I have a spirit guide with me where the spirit guide is directing where we're looking inside somebody's body. Sometimes I find I'm holding a, a magnifying glass and we're looking at something at the cellular level. Um, and oftentimes I'm able to see things that, that medical diagnostic imaging is not capable of seeing yet. So wow. you're seeing things as they're going to happen. So say a person calls you for past life for pa- for pre-birth planning reading a pre-birth and can you and at that moment you're tuning in if that person has some kind of illness that is that is starting to take place you could probably see that and give them a heads up and give them a message about what they need to do about that and the purpose of that coming into their lives right um in a pre-birth planning reading that would not come up unless the client brings that up my focus is very specific and very narrow in a pre-birth planning reading so that I can go deeply into whatever the challenge is that my client wants me to, to research. In a medical intuitive reading, the client comes to me with the problem, and then I go looking inside their body to find out what's going on there. For example, a mother came to me because her son was having tremendous headaches, and it was getting worse. I looked inside of him, and I saw some extra tissue inside of his head, that there was brain tissue in, in an area of his, of his head. And I'd never seen anything like that before, but I told her about it and told her um, that my spirit guide told her that he absolutely must get this treated or he would not uh, continue to have a normal life. She contacted me a couple of months later after she'd taken her son to the doctor There was actually a name for this condition of the extra amount of brain tissue, 
And she said, had she not gone to the doctor and had this not been discovered, her son would likely have lived until about 20 to 25 years old only. Wow. Diagnosed, he will have a normal lifespan with treatment. Wow. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's yeah. like that's a wonderful that's a wonderful thing that you do. Now, do you also help people with different conditions, like I don't know, children who have yes. maybe autism or ADD or different things? Yes. Can you help with those situations also? Yes, and even in terms of uh, heart failure, um, one of my long-term clients um, suddenly developed a case of heart failure. Uh, some suggestions were made. I took a look at his heart. Spirit and I put our heads together. And some suggestions were given. He followed the suggestions. A year later, his heart is in better shape. The in, there is no longer any inflammation. And his doctor is absolutely flabbergasted. Wow. So is, I'm just curious, like, um, can these, and I'm, I'm going to think yes, but do these, like, sometimes when you think about these medical conditions like that, and I heal these, do these also kind of associate with the whole pre-birth situation and that we kind of set these up to happen for ourselves to go through? Well, or do yeah, these kind of just manifest? Yes. Um, yes and no. Um, um, these little <laughs> viruses and colds and flus, no, we don't, we don't plan those sorts of things. Life-challenging conditions, chronic conditions, which I've had a couple of readings recently, that people have had chronic conditions, and we find that some of that stuff is planned, absolutely. Um, have you got a story about that? Because I know a lot of people who have autoimmune conditions and all, and is there anything yeah. you can talk to about that? Well, let's, let me talk about this one reading that I did uh, this week, because I remember it. Okay. Um, and I think it was a fascinating reading. It was a premier pre-birth planning reading, which gave us the extra session to um, sort of follow up with what was said during the, during the pre-birth planning reading and um, continue on and help the client understand it more. The client challenge was uh, um, fear. She had an extreme fear of vomiting and of heights. And this had been a fear that had been with her since she was a child and it had such a grip on it on her that now as an adult, she is, not, she is no longer able to work she, she can only leave her house to be in her backyard and only for a short time. She becomes overwhelmed with all kinds of critical thinking about herself and what people will think and, oh, my gosh, I just hope I don't. So we looked at that, and it took, it took a, a few hours to really understand what her soul had planned about this, and the gist was, through so many other lifetimes, my client has been the person that would put her own needs aside time and time again to take care of other people who were hurting, who needed rescue, who needed care. She would always put her own needs aside, even when she had positions of great um, responsibility uh, for, for royalty. She would still leave herself last and not speak up and not say things like, I've got to go home and feed my family. And in all kinds of ways over so many lives, she developed the habit of not speaking up for herself, being very afraid of what people might think of her if she does speak up for herself and not taking care of herself over so many lifetimes. So in this lifetime... The fears were planned as a chronic fear 
condition that she would have to pay attention to, increasing her self-awareness over the entire course of her life <coughs> in order to change it. And, and that what she had done was basically given into this fear so much, she created a sort of habit of giving into the fear. And it was very interesting how Spirit explained all of this to us. But essentially, what she got from the reading was an incredible release from self-recrimination by knowing that these fears were something that she, her soul had planned and what the purpose of it was. She wasn't happy that there was no magic wand to wave to make these fears go away for the rest of her life, but she understood that it was something her soul planned for as a way to get her to pay more attention to herself, to take care of herself, and increase her self-awareness and start building up her own self-esteem and self-worth and self-confidence on her own, by herself, because that's the stuff that really takes hold and gives us strength when we can do that for ourselves. Now, will a woman like this eventually be able to get out and to and to um, have a healthier, heal her stuffing, have a healthier um, perception? Oh, and, and Well, everybody's different. And according to her pre-birth planning, she would have periods of time in her life when she would have this really under better control and it wouldn't be such a challenge for her. That is planned for her future, but we'll have to see how she gets herself from here to there. Mm-hmm. Because That's there's your always choice. That, there's always choice. You understand mm-hmm. perfectly. Yes, there's always choice. And if she decides to give in to the habit of giving into the fear again, and that's where, where she stays for the rest of her life, then in some way she will plan another opportunity, whether it's for her next life or a later lifetime, she will plan another opportunity for herself to face herself and to challenge herself to speak up her true feelings and to take more care of herself and to really work on her self-esteem and self-confidence in order to minimize and eventually dissolve those fears entirely. That's why I'm so passionate about all of this. Why wouldn't you want to heal while you can? I mean, I see my issue is I'll play devil's advocate a little bit here is that like, I'm so intrigued to know what I must have set up for myself. But now I'm also kind of afraid because I feel like it's going to piss me off, literally. I feel like, you know, like if I hear that I like my, my life set me up so I would be, you know, unconditionally loved and my parents wouldn't love me and I'll never find true love. Like that sounds depressing. I don't want to know that I'm never going to find love in my entire life. How do you, you, you know what I mean? Like how do you really even find the purpose you know what I mean like I feel like that would be worse to know than just always trying yeah. to find it and it's not always like that but <laughs> let me answer your your question Stephanie as soon as I get through answering Irene's next question which was why not heal when you can why plan a life where it's going to be chronic mm-hmm. um, um, and and that that kind of thinking doesn't allow for somebody to have their own karmic challenge with that condition and with those issues. And her soul was actually very realistic in understanding that this was a 
a condition that took many lifetimes to develop and was so energetically strong and heavy that it's likely not going to resolve in one lifetime alone. So she planned the kind of karma for herself that actually puts the nervous system in a challenging position and makes the nervous system a weak area of the body so that you have to pay attention to yourself physically in order to get emotional health. Mm-hmm. When it's the nervous system, the nervous system heals. It. If it does heal, it heals slowly at the rate of about an inch a year. So we work with ourselves over a long period of time. We also work with disengaging our attachment to magical thinking in the process, to, to um, our attachment to ideals, to thoughts of, well, it's supposed to be this way. It should be this way. That person should have acted that way. They could have acted that way and not allowing for the fact that they're not capable of acting that way. It's not who they are. And, in by, and little by little, as painful as that is, it gets us to detach from the kind of idealization that hurts us again and again. So, Stephanie, to get to your question, um, a lot of people, um, a lot of souls do plan lives for themselves where they don't necessarily plan to have one significant partner. Maybe they're the kind of soul who does better having short-term relationships because they're not really fluid in the complexity. Uh, I don't mean fluid. They're not really fluent and comfortable with the complexity of emotionality, which is very complex for human beings who live on Earth. So we take it a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And if we've developed a pattern where we don't love ourselves and we keep trying to find relationships and people to love us to make up the difference, we're never going to enter into that loving relationship with ourselves. We're always going to use someone else's love like a Band-Aid or like a medicine and never learn to love ourselves. And that's the foundation for everything. In other words, you're saying when you're healthier and you have true self-esteem and love for yourself, you attract a healthier person to you. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. You put yourself in alignment to meet the better life partner, the life partner that's more in alignment with your higher good. Now, can you help people do that also if people are, would like to find someone? Can you help them vibrationally to attract that person to them? Um, it's in, not in that kind of way. Maybe that's a specialty that somebody else does. Um, instead, um, I help them with their evolvement, their personal mm-hmm. transformation. I help them rise to the highest level of their karmic lessons. And in doing so, just like you said, that puts them on the path to meet up with that better partner that's going to serve their highest good. Right. Instead of the partner that's going to give them a kick in the shin sort of learning lesson. So, Irene, I'm just curious. So, I mean, you've worked with Stacy. So, did you you figured out kind of what your purpose was and all this stuff, your pre-birth, or what did you guys? I haven't done my actual pre-birth planning with Stacy, but I've had some psychic readings with Stacy, which were amazing. And in my psychic uh, reading with Stacy, she confirmed what my sole purpose was and the direction of my life, and she and she helped me with a lot of questions and issues that I had. Uh, I, because I channeled my book, um, you know, uh, and I got, I got a lot of that kind of information through, through They Serve Bagels in Heaven, I got a lot of that information. And in fact, um, the man who Stacy channeled for, uh, Robert Schwartz, 
who wrote those two amazing books, um, his testimonial is on the back cover of my book, and he wrote me that he was very impressed with the information that was in my book, that it was right on. So I didn't I have imagine, a need to that. I can't imagine anybody reading that book and not being very impressed. Thank you, Stacey. I appreciate that. I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, book. thank you. I mean, I've gotten, you know, professional five-star reviews and all that. It blew me away. And I, it's my true story. So, uh, and a lot, and the, and it's so validating when um, someone like Robert Schwartz is providing information that is, that I was also provided to me in my book. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, your, your book is a gift to the world. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Stacey, what's your tip for people for finding joy in life? First, find what you can feel grateful about, even if it is just a blade of grass growing outside your window. If that blade of grass makes you remember a day, a sunny day, when you were enjoying being out in a field of grass or walking barefoot in your front yard, whatever it is, start with something, even if it's small. Even if it's small. That's what I do. Um, I'm, I have a lot of joy and I have a lot of happiness, but every once in a while that sadness comes over me. And when that happens to me, that's exactly what I do. I, I start searching for what do I feel grateful for? What, do, what brings me joy? And I simply look around. It's the big, beautiful sky. It's a blade of grass. It's an animal outside my window. It's one of my cats. It's the love light in their eyes. It's the silly things they do. Even my husband, there is joy in him. There is joy that I feel when I sing. There is joy that I feel when someone I've done a reading for tells me that it's helped them. So, you know, that's a choice also then because when people are angry and they're reacting in the moment to the things that are really terrible and painful and, and tough for them, they can choose to say, wait a minute, let me look yes. at, in another direction here in my life. Yes, and you find when you do that, pretty soon your feelings, your energies start to change. You're no longer feeling that heaviness or anger anymore. You've suddenly shifted, and you've shifted into that place of happiness or joy, or maybe you just have an inner smile inside of yourself. There's another thing that people do that bring them joy, and that's when they help others. When they step outside of their lives and they extend a hand to someone else in whatever way it is, whether it's paying forward at the grocery store or um, volunteering in a community effort, that brings people a lot of joy. And I know a lot of, um, a lot of uh, widows and widowers who do that kind of volunteering as well. It's very helpful because when my husband um, passed, which, you know, my story's in my book, uh, and it was so traumatic and profound for me, one of the first things I did was turn to founding a philanthropy for children who were grieving, and I got a lot of joy out of that, and it was very, um, very therapeutic for me. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Not to mention that's just who you are. You yeah, are thank the you. love bug. Thank she you. is. Irene, I, Irene knows. I'm always like, oh, I know I'm going to have to talk to Irene. She's going to be on the phone forever. But then I always feel better because I have to get it out. It's like always a therapy lesson with her. <laughs> I'm, right? glad, to, I'm glad to be of service. <laughs> you are. It's great. I always Thank feel you. better. But uh, Stacey, so um, tell us, like, because, I mean, I'm intrigued. And, I mean, you're you could once I find a little time, I feel like I'm. I want to know, but I don't want to know. How do um, 
how would we get a hold of you? And like, you can do um, these readings and work with people from anywhere in the world, basically, right? And they can just kind of reach yes. out to you? Yes, we can do it either by phone in my international phone conference room or over Skype. And the best way to reach me, the best way to reach me is always through my website. That's www.staciwells.com. And on that website is a services page where you will find the listing for all my readings and links to click on when you are ready to uh, look for a reading appointment once you've decided the type of reading you want to book. There are several different types of readings I offer and even several different types of pre-birth planning readings I offer. I try to make myself as available as I can to as many people as I can, but of course there's only one of me to go around. Using my website to make your appointment is always the fastest way to get it booked. I don't want to put you on the spot, but is there any, any way um, special for anyone who contacts you and lets you know they came through the podcast? Uh, my joy. My endearing thanks. My okay. Hug that they okay. came to me <laughs> through you and Stephanie. Okay. Should they should they be sure to let you know that they came to you through the podcast? Yeah. I mean Well, sure. I think you dropped out there <laughs> and I didn't hear a word. Oh, I said should they be sure to let you know they came through the podcast? Yes, please. I will okay. greet them with joy and welcome. And I always um I would always like to let you know too when um because of you somebody has come to me and I've been able to help them out. Okay, that'd be wonderful. That would be oh, such a good, feel, good feeling, uh, wonderful feeling moment for us. That'd be great. All right, great. Um, well, I hate to yeah, wrap it up, but Stacey, we'll definitely put all your info um, in our show notes. It'll be on the website and when we share the podcast here live, So, um, which should go out here in a week after Valentine's Day for our listeners. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I knew from a young age that I wanted to use my psychic abilities to help people. Thank you for helping me to help others. Well, thank it you is, for helping all of us. I mean, we, we definitely need some direction. I'll tell you that. It is our pleasure. <laughs> We're a team. We're all a team. Yes. We're all in this together. That's right. That's right. Thanks. All right. So, well, definitely, I should be a – we'll reach out to you again, too, soon, Stacey. Thanks for uh, taking right. some time to talk with us tonight. Okay. Bye. With much pleasure. love, thank you very, very much. You're welcome. Thank you, too. Thanks, okay. Stephanie. Thanks. Bye. Bless you both. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, bye for now. Thank you. Bye.